0: Hello, hello, I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast, a podcast where every other week I interview some of the most inspiring women working in data. They discuss how data is used in various industries, share their knowledge and experience in the field, and equip you with tips to help you overcome challenges on your career and feel great. Let's get straight to it. AI is really changing our our life at light speed, and I can't help but wonder what our future will look like. As I think some of you may know, I am a planner, and that means that I like to know where I'm going so I can structure my journey. And unfortunately, I don't think we can do that all the time. And for example, there was a a report from Dell Technologies that said that 85% of the jobs that will exist in 2030 haven't yet been invented. So that's a lot of uncertainty to deal with. I thought I would bring uh, the expert on uncertainty, if if I must say, Sarah Victor, who is the co-head of data governance for JP Morgan's Corporate and Investment Bank, to talk about how to get comfortable with the unknown. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having
1: having me here, Karen. Uh, I'm excited to be a part of this podcast.
0: Yeah. Um, Before we we dig into today's topic, which is how to get comfortable with the unknown, can I invite you to introduce yourself? Of course. Uh, So I currently co-head
1: the data governance function in the chief data office at J.P. Morgan's corporate and investment bank. In this role, my team is responsible for ensuring that data can be accessed and moved swiftly within our businesses, making sure we are in compliance with internal policies, laws, and regulations. My journey to this data space is not conventional, however, very complimentary. So I'm one of those many immigrant students who decided to pursue my master's in the United States after completing my undergrad from India. I started my career as a hardware engineer at Intel in Austin. Five years into my job, I realized that coding was really not my passion as I felt my exposure was limited to engineering and architecture side of designing the product. I was very curious and eager to learn more about the business model, the impact and value generated by the products that were designed, and how they helped generate revenue for the company. So this really motivated me to further research and explore formal ways of getting trained to successfully manage and operate a business. Despite having no clear path or strategy forward, I decided to pursue a part-time MBA at the University of Texas at Austin. So post my MBA, as a part of campus recruiting, I joined at ts leadership development program where I did varied rotations across operations, big data analytics, and customer experience transformation. And that exposure really helped me navigate different types of business-facing roles.
0: Yeah, I I love what you're saying about you know the fact that you did not necessarily have a structured path forward, and I feel like early careers something that we we kept be we keep being told is you need to know where you're going, what your path is going to look like, but then things move so fast that. Really, when we have a path, then it get we have to change it uh, at some point. Uh, And I love that you, as you said, you didn't start in data; you started as as an engineer. So you trained as an engineer, and then you retrained in in data. So very curious to hear about really how this happened, the challenges. So you did mention that. You, you went back to university and, and all these things. So I'm really curious to hear about the challenges that you encountered when, when you retrained and you shifted um, industry.
1: Definitely happy to share that. <laughs> um, so definitely managing a full time job and business school at the same time was quite daunting and exhausting. But looking back, I'm glad I went back to school at the time I did, because it really helped me transition my career from core engineering into finance and business. Secondly, I think preparing for interviews was quite challenging because it was very different from the technical interviews that I was previously used to. Mm -hmm. I did initially face a few rejects, uh, but the whole interviewing process taught me how to evolve and focus on subjects relevant to the roles and the industries I was interviewing for. And as a part of the process, it was also very important for me to develop my brand and what value I could add to the roles that I was interviewing for. On a personal front, I was also an immigrant in the U.S. at that point in time, and I was on a work visa. So I was often challenged to strike a balance between managing my career, my immigration status, and at the same time also managing my finances as I was still in very early years of my career.
0: I can't imagine the pressure you, you must have felt. I mean, you're studying, you're also working, but you have to worry about, you know, your visa, keeping it and making sure that I, I guess you, you can stay in, in the country and have enough money to, to stay as well. I know I'm an immigrant too, but I was lucky enough to. Well, I was born in the Caribbean. My island is French, so that means I've got a European passport. So moving to London uh, before Brexit was not a problem, so I didn't have to deal with, with all these things. So uh, I'm thinking you had to deal with all that by being very far from from your family and friends and, and your home. It must have been so tiring and stressful
1: yeah it was definitely one of the most challenging t- phases of my life but mm. it also taught me a lot and also you know taught me to be more resilient and be more patient you know uh, as we progress
0: towards things yeah uh, i i agree with that uh, something you mentioned just before um i i took you off track a bit was the 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 fact that going through interviews. So the interviews you were going through were very different from the ones you were um, going through when you were in technical roles and that doing the interviews and facing some rejections then taught you that, you know, you had to change a bit the way you were approaching the interviews that you had to focus about around what people were trying to, to get. So being more focused on the business outcomes and and all these things and I think this is very powerful because when you think about it, we go to interviews thinking, I'm going for an interview so I can have the job. But then what you're describing here is also using interviews as a way to learn and adapt the way you introduce yourself and the way you talk during the interviews. And I think that's very powerful when you're changing industry because you're going to go not necessarily industry, but also job type, you're going to go, I guess, in an area that you don't know as well as you could know something else. Um, so at least learning from the interview process is already quite, quite a big win. Definitely. So you mentioned the fact that, you know, you change countries, you change career path, and something you feel very strongly about is getting comfortable with the unknown. So how do you actually do that and what are the what are the key points to to be able to get comfortable with the unknown
1: i think one of the key things is to reflect on what motivates you right and what are your short term and long-term goals many a times it's probably not fully clear what you want but at least figure out what directionally drives you also, to your prior point, where you mentioned about you know interviewing the whole interviewing process, right? I think it's always good to explore what the roles are in the market, what are in demand, and assess your interest level to those roles, right? And also connect with your colleagues who work in your areas of interest to better understand uh, the day-to-day operations of the role and also what skill sets are required. Uh, interview for roles as I mentioned, that you're interested in to get a better understanding of the scope of the role, how it aligns with your career goals and trajectory, and also how you can leverage your past experience to add value to the role. Like you mentioned, right, I come from an engineering background, and while I was interviewing for these uh, business-facing roles, I always had to see what value do I bring to the table Mm -hmm. for that. So I think it was important for me to leverage some of my past experience and see how I can tie it back into the role uh, that I was interested in. And specifically, uh, I think for me, uh, it was important knowing and understanding my strengths and developmental opportunities, having a good sense of where my career graph is trending. Right? Am I plateauing or am I getting too comfortable doing what I'm doing? right? Uh, is it time for a change? Like, also, where do I see myself in my current role over the span of next two to three years?
0: And getting too comfortable with what you're doing is one of the, the biggest problem in our industry, I, I think, because sometimes, you, you know, it's very easy to just sneak and in, stay into a role. You're comfortable. I mean, it's not always a bad thing but sometimes you can also get complacent and then that means that you're not learning as much as you should be learning right the moment you get comfortable
1: and you're an expert at what you're doing that means you stop learning right so and i think in the world that we are in it's very important that there is a continual learning mindset
0: I agree. Um, Obviously, depending on your circumstances, because I I do get that sometimes, you know, if someone has a young family, they might feel more comfortable staying where in the role um, for a certain number of time while they're dealing with issues at home and stuff. But definitely being able to strike a good balance between learning and being comfortable is quite important.
1: Exactly. Right. So it it depends on which phase of your career you are, which phase of your life you are and what your priorities are. Right. And also, I think uh, it's important to equally acknowledge that in your career, there's going to be ups and downs. Mm. Right. Just have to persevere and be resilient and be adaptable. I personally try to stay as relevant as possible with the industry trends. Right? Uh, and developing subject matter expertise in every role at every level and make sure that I don't lose touch on doing hands-on work because I think that is really critical to make sure that you are able to uh, lead a team as a, uh, and lead it with example.
0: Yeah, leading with example is quite important. So I had a, an episode with um, Sumathi last year and she was talking about you know, when you start in a new role, especially if you come from a different area, building credibility with your team is quite important. so staying hands-on, uh, not necessarily doing the majority of your work hands-on, but showing that you're able to understand what it is that they're doing and that you can also do it yourself is quite key here. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and something you talk about as well is so you, you did mention around staying relevant and understanding the, the current trend. And I I mean, I'm just going to drop the cliche word in the, in our field, which is curiosity. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I do feel this curiosity trend in everything that, that you're talking about, but it, it's very easy to say, oh, be curious. Um, yeah. The question I, I get very often after that is, how do I do that? So any new space that you're exploring,
1: And we also spoke about AI at the beginning of this podcast. There's always going to be unknown areas. There's always going to be gray areas. We just have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. It's not that easy, trust me, but I think it's just how it is when it's a new area or a new job that you're looking at, right? So you're going to have uh, a lot to learn and it's going to be constantly evolving. So it's important for you to, you know, understand what are the needs of the industry right and what are the needs of the businesses and also personally you need to be open to change be flexible be adaptable and um, of course there's going to be lots of people involved in new areas mm-hmm. there's going to be lots of opinion i think is just being able to prioritize and focus on what is important for the business for the organization for the company and continue to pivot as you go, because, like I said, there's always going to be unknown in 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 any new developing area.
0: Yeah, I I hear that, and I like the fact that. So, what you you are talking about the fact that there's going to be loads of people with opinions, and that you need to get close to what's happening, um, and then prioritize, because it's true today. We're just overwhelmed with information um sometimes it just feels like you know when you say oh where do i find the information the the problem we have today is what information do you There's actually a lot of trust and yeah and how much can can you take in so do you have any tips on on that i'm really curious to understand how you maybe filter out the noise and where, where you find your information
1: uh, I think it's, it's trying to understand what are your business needs, right? Mm-hmm. What are their priorities? What are the pain points? What are some critical issues that need to be put out right away? And I think that will help you clear some of the noise, right? And it's also coming up with a strategy of whether you want to, you know, implement something tactically to be able to address something of significance or whether you want to, you know, s- implement something more strategically. And of course, it's always important to always do a cost-benefit of anything that you're trying to implement more strategically. So I think also, I think working with your key stakeholders, clients, and I think it's important to stay closely updated on things that you're doing so you're not doing something off track. And I think a lot of these things put together will help you prioritize and clear a bit of noise and uh, enable you to deliver towards the strategy.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Thanks for <laughs> for sharing that. Um, In terms of the, the learning and development, so you mentioned staying up to date, staying relevant and all these things. I, I'm guessing there is a lot of upskilling involved into that.
1: Definitely. Um, at the beginning of this podcast, Karen, you mentioned that there is a study that 85% of the jobs in 2030 are still not invented, right? So I think we all can agree that technology is a forefront of many things we do today. So it's important to be aware of what's around and to self-educate yourself where possible. So look and observe for transformational trends. See where you stand and assess yourself with respect to the skill sets. This doesn't mean that you have to change your job, completely transform your career, but how you can leverage the emerging technologies in your day-to-day roles, right? For example, uh, in the data or the AIML space, you have so many job functions beyond being a data scientist. Like you have data engineers, embedded developers, product owners, business managers, finance managers, data governance experts, data management experts. And all these subject matter experts are essential to put the pieces of the bigger puzzle together. So I think it's just... Upskilling is not just about trying to completely change your career all the time, mm-hmm. but also how you can kind of incorporate some of the transformational trends into your existing jobs as well.
0: I I love that. And it, it just really um, illustrates what you were saying earlier around the business and you have to prioritize um, based on the business needs. But because even before that, you were talking about not necessarily knowing exactly what it is that you wanted to do, but also just finding the trajectory you wanted your your career to go towards. So then you can then apply that plus your advice from before around. So you have a trajectory, then you can apply the, your prioritization techniques to the skills that you you want to to have, what well, or that are available out there, and then see how you can incorporate that in your your role to progress in your career. So I really like that.
1: Yeah, I think definitely, right? I think we all have opportunities to improve processes in the work that we do. We all have opportunities to automate a part of the work that we do. Mm. So I think it doesn't necessarily mean, right, we all have to do data and AI, ML related jobs, but we always have the opportunity to leverage what's being done into our
0: current working space yeah that's absolutely true so when you get comfortable with with the unknown and loads of things are are changing uh, around um so i I know in your career you, you took quite a few risks right so you moved from india to the u.s you also changed industry when you were on on a visa um so there is a lot of risk taking in there, and I guess when we're dealing with uncertainty, sometimes you do need to take a leap of faith I guess um how do you feel about that and and how did that really show in your in your journey?
1: yeah I mean um there are a bunch of calculated risks that I have taken <laughs> throughout my career journey I think you 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 mentioned a uh, Couple, and I think uh, one of the risks I definitely took was going back to school without a clear plan of what I would end up with, right, post my MBA. But I just knew that I had to venture outside of engineering and learn more about the business side of things. Um, The second uh, one uh, is personally me moving to New York from Texas. Um, It was a personal decision. I always wanted to live in New York and I also have family here. Um, And once I moved here, I saw that there were a lot of opportunities in the financial sector. So again, I decided to venture into financial services without having any prior work experience. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So I wasn't really sure what lay ahead of me, but I did decide to commit and prepare for interviews And of course, commit a lot of time to continuous learning in the upcoming years because I knew it was not going to be easy, right? At that stage in my career, transitioning into a completely different industry sector, I knew that I had a lot of homework to do. So I landed a job at JP Morgan that was almost eight years ago. I have moved about three roles within JP Morgan uh, in different functional areas in and around data and analytics.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's been eight years now, so I guess this was a a risk worth taking, clearly. Absolutely, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) And uh, like I said, it was all calculated to some extent, right? And there were times when things didn't go necessarily as I would have liked them to go. But again, I think directionally, it was, uh, you know, I had a plan of where I wanted to be, so I think I kept uh, persisting, Pursuing, and I think uh, definitely uh, you know earn some rewards
0: at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. And also, so you you shared. I mean, thank you so much for for sharing this story with us. It's incredible. But I'm really curious to to hear about the the golden rule you have when it comes to taking risk or getting comfortable with with the unknown. Yeah, that's a great question.
1: So I think anytime you are, you know, in an uncomfortable space, you are taking on a new role or a responsibility. I think you don't need to solve all the problems right away. And you definitely don't have to do it alone. Right. That's why you have your management team. You have your own team and your peers to support you through the process. One of the things I also learned earlier in my career is being open to feedback and ideas from my team members as diversity of ideas really helps grow the team and yourself.
0: I think that if you... you you know a few great things that I I learned from the podcast I mean the whole point about being a a host means that I get to talk with so many interesting people and I have a few sentences that that I love and that that stay with me I think maybe at some point I should definitely have them printed or (laughs) or share them on LinkedIn but what you you said about that you don't have to solve all the problems now and you don't have to do them alone is quite, uh, empowering. I, I want to say, especially when we move at pace like this, sometimes it feels like, you know, there is this urgency to fix everything right now. Um, so I, I love that. Um, to close the episode, can I ask you if you could share any resources that you use that help you in your career and personal development?
1: Absolutely. So one of the things that I have been quite lucky for most part of my professional career is to have strong mentors and trusted advisors. And they have been extremely valuable to me when I have to make like critical career decisions. Mm. And uh, I also try my best to continue to maintain relationships with my prior management, colleagues, through all the changes that happens. Uh, because that really helps for me to bounce ideas, you know. Because they have a good understanding of who I am and what I I'm capable of. Also, personally, uh, having friends and colleagues who can have an open conversation with you, right, provide that constructive feedback for development, and are also able to give you a completely different perspective that you sometimes cannot see. Uh, finally, from a personal development point of view, my family, my mother and sister, who are both working professionals on their own, have been my constant support and my critic all my life. <laughs> right, So that definitely helps me stay grounded and uh, inspires me to do better every day.
0: I, uh, well, two things. I love that everything you mentioned is people-focused. So you started with mentors, then talked about previous workmates or colleagues or managers, and then talking about your current colleagues and people who work with you, and then finishing with the family. And before you were talking about um, asking and receiving feedback, and I I guess there is no one better place to give you feedback than your family. (laughs) 100%. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me on the podcast today. It was a pleasure having you.
1: And thank you so much uh, to you and the Women in Data for inviting me. I really enjoyed our conversation and uh, I look forward to our continued partnership.
0: Likewise. Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a new guest, Until then, if you have two minutes, it would be great if you could leave us a rating or a review, as it helps not only to make the podcast more visible, but also to enhance the content. If you don't want to miss the next episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are also on LinkedIn. And if you wish to, you can even register to the community for free. All you have to do is head to womenindata.co.uk. Have a great day.